Today on Student of the Word, we're getting into the rock of the Word of God, standing on the rock. And today we're going to talk about the power of the rock, the Word of God in your life as you've been taught against sin, how that you can stand against sin, overcome sin, and walk in righteousness before the Lord our God. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. I'm going to be talking to you about the Word of God and it's the rock of the Word of God we're going to be talking about because of the dependability and the foundation of it. And to be honest with you, let me just talk to ministers for just a moment before we go any further into this. Ministers, the main thing you should be teaching in your pulpit to the congregation, to the believers, is the Word of God. The Word of God has become so void today. It's not found in that many churches. And although people say, yeah, but he talks about a verse of Scripture, it's usually dealing with a subject of life. In fact, life less are becoming popular today from the pulpit. It's no different than what any school teacher would do or psychiatrist would do or whatever is bringing life lessons and taking something from life, pulling it in and adding some scriptures around it. And those scriptures enhance this subject. The word of God should be literally t- taken as it is because the Bible says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Take a passage of scripture and deal with those, study it out, find out what the Greek has to say about it, find out what other pa- uh, passages in the scripture have to say about it, but teach on that section of scripture because the word speaks for itself. Instead of trying to find an object in life and apply that scripture to it, preach that verse of scripture, and all of a sudden in everybody's heart out there, a different issue of life will come up. You're literally preaching the same thing to everybody, but everybody's receiving something different out of it. That's the power of the word of God. And so there might be times say, yeah, but you know, there's certain there's a certain aspect there I really want to get into. Well, that's fine. In fact, there's been times such as the word peace, where the Bible says, you know, when we trust in God, we get the peace of God. And it's so important in that passage of scripture, I'll pull that word out and say, let's see what Isaiah has to say about that. Let's find out what Moses had to say about it and Peter and John and Paul bringing the different authors what they had to say about that uh, word peace. And it brings an enhancement to this verse of scripture. You're still enhancing that verse of scripture. You're not using it to enhance an area of life. And so that's what's so important. Ministers, there are two things in life that are eternal. Number one is salvation, that's for the sinner. Number two is the word of God, that is for the Christian. And your congregation only has one of two people in it. It has sinners there or it has believers there. And so when you teach from the word of God and you apply that, at the end of your sermon, you give a salvation message. What you're doing there is applying that eternal thing to the person that came that needs Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because everything else they're gonna try in life is temporary. The only thing that will bring eternal life is the eternal plan of God and that is to be born again. So salvation is eternal. That's why you might have signs and wonders in your church, and that's wonderful, but they should all come back to enhancing the gospel. Signs and wonders have been used throughout the word of God to bring people to the gospel. And whether it's healing, or whether it's the gifts of the spirit operating, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, whatever it may be, the purpose of us is bring a person to the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest thing that Jesus used in his ministry toward unbelievers, as far as the gifts of the spirit was, a word of knowledge. 
And he told Nathanael, I saw you sitting under a tree. It so impressed Nathanael, he said, you must be the Messiah and accepted him as savior. When he spoke to the woman at the well, he said, you've had five husbands. The one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, you must be a prophet, accepted him, ran into town and brought back all the men. And there was a mass salvation that day. Why? Because Jesus was teaching on the eternal thing and that was the plan of salvation. And so salvation itself, getting a person born again, is the only eternal thing you can do for an unbeliever. If they even get raised from the dead, it's temporary. They're gonna die again one day. Whenever they get healed of cancer, they're still gonna die one day. All these things are temporary things to point to the eternal thing, and that is Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But once they receive Jesus as Savior, it's not life lessons they need. They need the Word of God. They need it broken down. It's the bread of life. You break it apart. You serve it to the people because why? It comes from God. It is supernatural. And I'm going to begin this week talking about standing on the rock, and the rock is the Word of God, and we as believers need it, because really this broadcast primarily reaches believers. There's people that watch their unbelievers. There's times I give a salvation invitation for a person to receive Jesus, but the point of it is you're a believer, and if you're a believer, the main thing you need is the Word of God. Jesus said to those who just received in Him, He says, now that you've received me as Savior, if you'll follow me in my Word, He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So knowing the Word of God is the most important thing after salvation because it too is eternal. What you learn here in life, you carry to eternity with you. So for the salvation message for sinners, that's eternal. For the Word of God to the believer, that's also eternal. The two eternal things that God has given to us. And so again, the Word itself, every promise is to be broken down and studied. Revelation of the Scriptures are what instruction gives us power to live the Christian life and then not to sin. Preach the Word is a command given to us. Then be instant in season, out of season, to take that Word of God for reproof, rebuke, exhortation so that we can become fully mature members of the body of Christ. So preaching the word simply means let the scriptures speak for themselves and give revelation to our hearts. And that takes a minister, a pastor who is dedicated to the word of God to study it, find input from other authors about that particular verse of scripture you're teaching on or that section of scripture you're teaching on. How important is it? The word of God is our foundation. The things I'm teaching you right now is found in my series, Standing on the rock and the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of that for yourself. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 through 27 says, therefore whoever hears and that he and that English word here hears is actually coming from a Greek word that means keep hearing. He whoever keeps hearing these sayings of mine and then does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. What are we teaching here in this verse of scripture? And that is a wise man is somebody who's received Jesus as Lord and Savior, but now he's gone beyond that in building his house on a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it did not fall because it was founded on a rock. Verse 26, and everyone who hears and keeps on hearing these sayings of mine and then does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. What's the difference between a stone, a rock, and then what's the difference between that and then sand? Sand is little tiny fragments of a stone and that's what happens today. People come to church to get fragments of the word of God, fragments of the word of God, and they don't see how the whole 
whole thing fits together and to get the real revelation of God. We even take a section of a scripture, a few words out of a scripture and take it and apply it to a thought for life. Again, a life lesson and it might be okay, but sometimes it belongs in a doctor's office. Sometimes it belongs in a psychiatrist's office. It belongs in a schoolroom. It doesn't necessarily fit with the word of God. Life lessons can come because we teach the word of God. But like I said before, every person can gain something out of that sermon that the person beside them did not get because if you open the word of God, it has revelation for everybody and the Holy Spirit can take that verse and apply it to every person's heart. Verse 27, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. One house stood up, why? Because it was built on the entire foundation of a rock and a rock here represents the word of God, all the promises of God, all the aspects, all the intricacies, all the directions that different verses come from and different authors come from, all teaching the main number of subjects found in the word of God. This is the importance of building your life on the rock of the word of God and pastors and ministers to preach and teach the word of God. God so that everyone can walk out of there edified and built up. So I'm going to be teaching during this week on prayer, on good works and obedience to God. And every subject will be seen through the importance of the word of God, because this is what Jesus was saying here. What is the purpose of the word of God? Second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Greek word there is theonoustos. It means God breathed. Did you realize this scripture is the breath of God. It's what was breathed into Adam and he came to life. What was breathed into Eve and she came to life. What was breathed into every living creature and they came to life. And when you got born again, a divine breath was breathed into you and you came to life at the moment you received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But all scripture is also God's breath. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That means ministers, you don't have to teach one week on doctrine, another week on reproof, another week on correction. Instead of taking these subjects, teach the word of God. It will come to people who need reproof and reprove them. It will come to people who need correction. It will correct them. It will come to people looking for instruction. It will instruct them. And it goes on to say in that verse of scripture that the man or woman of God might be mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so it's simply coming back to this. You may look at that Bible and say, well, that's an old Bible. I mean, that was written 2,000 years ago. God never changes. The Holy Spirit never changes. And to be honest with you, circumstances don't change. We just stick a new title on it today because that's what Satan does. He throws the same problems he threw it at people 2,000 years ago at you. We just redefine it and give it a new name today. The word is to be studied, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, not just read. The word of God is not just literature. It's a guide for every area of life. It's not to be studied, to be argued with among others. It's not a source of pride to look down on others. Well, other believers don't have as much word as I do. So other Christians don't know as much as I do. The result of the word is to do good works, the opposite of sin. The more of the word you know, the more ammunition you have to use against the desire to sin, those around you trying to influence you to sin, even demonic activity going on in the world, lust is everywhere today and you can stand up against it because the word of God is stronger. The more word you study, the more word is deposited into your heart. The word of God is hidden in your heart and helps you not to sin. Psalm 119 verse 11, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. What is the function of the word of God towards sin? 
The word leads to revelation of sin. We may not know it's sin, but the word of God will reveal it as sin. It may not be totally sin in itself, but parts of it are leading you to sin. And the word of God can even get in there and dissect it and show you which parts are good and which parts are bad. Not only does the word of God teach you how to be like Jesus, but tells you how much unlike him you are. Acts 2.37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. This is the preaching and teaching of the word of God. When they heard this and Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, they were pricked in their hearts. The same word convicting a sinner of his need of salvation convicts the believer of his need of repentance and a walk of holiness. This is why we teach the word of God. It will hit both sections of people. 1 Peter 1.15, but as he who has called you is holy, so you be holy in all manner of life. That's every area of life. You want the word of God to affect every area of your life, then stick with the word of God. You can open up a section of scripture for a morning devotion, start to study it and suddenly see something that you know you ran through last week and go, that's exactly what I went through. It's no accidents found in the word of God. And really the text may not even be pointing to what you think it is. It's just a revelation comes out of that verse from God personally for you. That's because all scripture is God breathed. When we come back, we're going to take up with Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 19. So you might as well turn there and we're going to find out even what the Old Testament had to say about the power of the word of God. Hearing the word of God and then doing the word of God forms a foundation of solid rock in your life. Hearing the word of God and then not doing it forms a foundation of shifting sand in your life. In these six lessons, Pastor Bob Yandian reveals that it is not just the hearing of the Word, but also the doing of the Word that brings blessing to your life. Based on Matthew 7, this series explains the importance of building your life on the strong foundation of God's Word. Hearing and doing the Word of God gives us power over sin, power in prayer, power to produce good works in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings holiness, stability, and power in our lives through the double-edged sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To order Standing on the Rock, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Turn to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 19. Again, what's being advertised this week is Standing on the Rock, and uh, you'll want to get a copy of that for yourself. This is things you can listen to over and over and over again. It is a CD series. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 19 says, After that I was turned. The hearing of the word of God, Jeremiah turned and then said, I repented. Notice what's the first thing that happened when he was exposed to the word of God, the teaching of the word of God. The first thing he saw in himself as a believer was he still had sin in his life. Oh yes, we're saved from sin. All sin is forgiven as far as going to heaven. But after we are born again, after we are saved, there's things that come up in our life we need to repent of. It stops us, it slows us down. It hinders our Christian advance rather than helping our Christian advance. And the thing we need to do, 1 John 1, 9, we need to repent of it. Confess it to the Lord as a sin and it's instantly cleansed out of the believer's life. So Jeremiah says, after that I turned. I repented and after that I was instructed. As a believer, when sin stands in your life and you don't repent of it, you're blocking yourself from being instructed in the word of God. I love this next phrase, I hit my thigh. We do the same thing, I see it. And Jeremiah said, I see it. And he said, after that, I was ashamed. Yes, even confounded. There comes times when the word of God is exposed to you. It hits you so hard, you repent and think, why was I so stupid? Why couldn't I see this before? It's because you were wrapped up in your personal pride, your ego. You didn't want to repent of that. You tried to convince yourself that it really wasn't sin in your life when you knew all the time it was. And now it's been exposed to you. But thank God, once you confess that to the Lord, it's like, oh, there's a cleansing. There's a lifting in your life. Oh my goodness. I even feel, you know, more open to God. I can see things I didn't see before. Pastors, again, the word from the pulpit may be brilliant. It may be flowery. It may be oratorical. It may be powerful. It may be intellectual. But if it's not simple enough for the people to apply to their daily character and exposure of faults, it is a failure. Jeremiah was saying that here. When the word was taught, I saw it. And on top of that, I understood it. So the word is meant to be simple easy to understand. If it's not simple, the hearing of the word is important, but understanding the word is even more important after that. So hearing the word of God is one thing, understanding it the next thing. And so again, it's not just simply hearing the word of God, it's understanding the word of God. The revelation of the word of God brings conviction into our life. The Passover lamb had to be eaten with bitter herbs. This is found in Exodus chapter 12 and verse eight. Not only was the Passover lamb probably really good, we said, oh, that sermon's really good, but all of a sudden there's a bitter herb and there we go, oh, I don't like that. That's what the word of God is and the revelation of it is. It can bring you into it because the word of God is so powerful. You're seeing things you never saw before, but suddenly something is exposed. I had a letter from a young lady who wrote me just not that long ago and simply said, you appreciate it. It was just so wonderful. And then you said something I disagreed with. She said it was like hitting me in the gut. She said it was so hard. And then she got angry with me for bringing it up. The point of it is the purpose of the word of God. Yes, it will bring you in. There's things in it, but the word of God does not miss anything. And when it came to her and she saw it, she got upset with it. And so oftentimes this is what happens is we hear the word of God, then some bitter herb comes. And I've had people even leave my church over some small thing because I preached and they said, I don't agree with you. Well, welcome to life. There's gonna be things you don't agree with me with, but if it's in the word of God and continually found in the word of God and you have overlooked it, then you need to open yourself up to the word of God. 
And so not everything I teach, I don't say 100% of what I teach is accurate and everything, but the point of it is what minister is outside of Jesus Christ himself and the Holy Spirit, we're all learning. But when you hear a minister say something, especially under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, listen to what he says to say. And if he says something that you don't like, that, rub, that rubs you the wrong way, instead of getting upset, go home and study it out. Start looking that thing up and you might find, God forbid, the pastor was correct. You might find yourself having to admit that the pastor may be wrong in this. And so again, we come back to it. You're called to a church to hear the word of God. The man of God is up there preaching and teaching the word of God. Revelation chapter 10 and verse 10 says, I took the little book from the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. That's how it started out. And then as soon as I had eaten, my belly was bitter. Here's those bitter herbs we're talking about. And again, this has to do with when we eat the word of God and take it in, there's gonna be some things in it that we don't like. But if it's the word of God, it came directly from God himself. And if it's from God, you need to take it and give heed to it. And if there needs to be some repenting going on, then there needs some repenting going on, just like Jeremiah did. There's mourning before comfort, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4, and humbling before exalting, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Revealing of the word of God should lead to confession of sins. This is exactly what happened with Jeremiah. Jeremiah heard these things, and when he did, suddenly he began to uh, ask God for forgiveness. He, it was exposing in him things that were wrong. John chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, For every one that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But you see, the word of God brings the light, and the light exposes what's in your heart. It exposes great things, wonderful things, but it gets into the corners of your heart and finds some things that aren't good, things that you haven't dealt with, things that you need to confess, things that you need to bring out into the open of light. And God's not doing it to embarrass you. He's not doing it to make you upset or angry. He's doing it so that you can grow closer to him and walk in more holiness before him. And that's the call of the Christian life. The call to the believer is to become a child of God. But after you become a child of God, the call is to a walk of holiness before God, walking free from sin, which takes you all of your life to get there. It's progressive that every day you can come to a point where you're sinning less than you did the day before. And even there's some of those times later in the Christian life where you actually have to stop and think, when's the last time I committed a sin? You can't think about it. I can't remember it. Well, hang in there. I mean, there'll come a point somewhere down the road where you're going to face that issue again. But thank God it's not something that happens every day. And 1 John 1, 9 is not a thing you have to use every single day. You might use it from month to month or even sometimes after a few months, you finally need to use it. This is the word of God gaining control of your life and the light of the Holy Spirit revealing God's truth to you and also those places you have missed it. And the best thing to do when you find out you've missed it, confess it and keep on going. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. According to 1 John 1, 9, it is forgiven. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, he who covers his sins will not prosper. Now there's times when God will expose sin in your life, but you just cover it up and keep on going. You try to make excuses for it. It's not that bad. This verse says, he who covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes 
against them shall have mercy. God doesn't want to expose sins in your life so he can get angry with you. He wants to have mercy on you. And then as you confess it, it is forgiven. Psalm 32, verse three and four. When I kept silent, my bones became old through my roaring. That's agonizing all day long. When I saw sin and didn't do anything about it, all of a sudden that roaring, that agonizing was in me all day long. I couldn't forget about it. Then how can I get rid of it and forget about it? Confess it, repent of it, take it to the Lord and go your way. For day and night, verse four says, your hand was heavy on me. My moisture, that's the strength of my bones, is turned into the drought of summer. We can keep silent when we have sinned and do not want to repent. We can keep silent too when we hear instruction and then we move on and don't want to grow in the things of God. The word of God leads to a hatred of sin. Not only in your life does it expose it, but there finally comes a time when the word of God working in you brings you to a hatred of sin. You can spot it a mile away. Psalm 97 verse 10, you who love the Lord hate evil. We can't love God without hating what he hates and loving what he loves. Psalm 119 verse 104 says this, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Psalm 119 verse 128. So I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right and I hate every false way way. Hebrews 1.9, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. We are patterning ourselves after Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1.9 is what God the Father spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ when he arose into heaven after completing the plan of salvation and then was going to sit down at the right hand of the Father. The Father said to him, you have been blessed because you loved righteousness and hated iniquity. There's the two parts of the Christian life walking hand in hand, to love the righteousness of God, but also hate the iniquity of the world. The word heard and understood leads to forsaking of sins. Not only hearing it, exposing it, and then confessing it, now you get to the point where not only do you hate it, you forsake it altogether. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having these promises. Here's where it starts. With the promises of God, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and in spirit perfecting the holiness in the fear of God. This verse tells us we come to a place, of course we cleanse ourselves. God the Father does the cleansing, the Holy Spirit does the cleansing, but we're the one who confesses it. We initiate it and the Father completes it. Second Timothy chapter two and verse 19, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's pretty strong, isn't it? John 15, three, now you are clean through the words which I have spoken to you. Notice this, as a unbeliever, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, by accepting Jesus as Savior. And then in John, he now tells us that now that you're born again, you become clean also through the word which I have spoken to you. That's the washing of the water of the word. The word guarantees us and guards us from future sin. Psalm 119 verse 11, your word I have hidden my heart so that I might not sin against you. The best way to keep bad seed from coming up is not to plant it. And the best way to keep bad seed from coming up is to plant good seed. Take up the bad seed, plant the good seed. Pulling up the bad seed is confession of sin. 
asking the Lord to forgive you. Lord, you promised you would forgive me, so I confess it. You're faithful and just to forgive me and then cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And Lord, in the place of that bad thing, I'm planting good seed right now. Lord, I'm planting things in righteousness. I'm planting the love of God in my heart even stronger than ever. Psalm 37 and verse 31, the law of God is in his heart. None of his steps will slide. This verse means that whenever you start to walk with God, you walk in his promises. You will not slip. That's what the word slide means. You won't even slip in life. You'll just keep right on going. You might walk across some of those slippery places in life, but you won't slip because why? The word of God has the control of you. The power of the Holy Spirit leads you. And this is the great thing again about using the word of God against sin. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 23, who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Now you guard yourself against future sin. More of the word of God you take in today promises you that a year, two years, three years from now, that word will still be working in you. And now that you've learned to turn from that sin, it will become a habit in your life. You just come to a certain place and just naturally turn in the right direction. You don't have to fight it anymore. You used to come to that intersection of sin on one side and, and righteousness on the other, and you'd really have to struggle. I, I know I need to go righteousness, but I, I don't know. Now it will become a part in view that just becomes natural. The word will cause you to practice righteousness. John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And 1 Timothy 6, 15 says, meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. Isn't that wonderful? That's the power of the word of God. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.